Please stand as we sing.
with me. Would you raise your arms? If you're able. Let's sing. Let's sing praise to Jesus. Sing praise. Praise to the Lord. To the Lamb Jesus. To the King of Heaven. Praise. Oh, He rose. Now He reigns. We will sing. Let's sing together as one family. Praise. Would you sing that again with us? I was was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The preach 
was far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your side so you made a way across the great divide he came to us left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross paid a debt I owed, broke my chains, freed my soul, for the first time I had hope. Sing thank you, thank you, Jesus, for the blood of life. Thank you, Jesus, it has washed me white. You have saved 
Amen. If you have been with us for a while, you know that we usually have extended time of prayer before we pass the peace. But during the summer, we will have that time of extended prayer as our corporate response to the preaching of God's word. So please take a moment now to pass the peace by saying, peace of Christ to you, to those around you. We will then share some community announcements. All right, good morning. It's always good to see everyone. Uh, my name is Jonathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And uh, again, we just want to welcome you, especially if this is one of your first times here. Welcome. We're so glad you're here with us. Uh, we want to invite you all to stick around and uh, get to know each other, uh, get to know one of us. If you see somebody, if you're a regular member here and you see somebody you don't know, we want to encourage you to go talk to somebody you don't know as well. Uh, we do have a few things we just want to let you know about what's going on in the life of our church. So first of all, uh, Tuesdays, every Tuesday night um, at 8 p.m., we have a prayer meeting. It's on Zoom. The next two weeks, we're actually going to be focusing our prayer kind of around unity and the conversations that we're um, having in our church uh, with uh, what our denomination has decided with uh, regarding um, women and men in ministry. And so we're just going to be praying about unity, praying about those decisions uh, that will be being made. And we encourage you to come out and just pray together as we seek the Lord's face together in that. Also, uh, tonight, um, we have an uh, interest meeting for small group leaders or small group hopes. So we have small groups that will launch in the fall. Uh, in order to have small groups, we need people willing to lead and willing to host. So if you've been praying about it or if you want to pray about it or you're feeling the prompting of the Holy Spirit at all to do either of those things, either host a small group or lead a small group, and you just like to find out more about what that is, uh, show up tonight on Zoom. You can find that link online. Um, it's just a good chance to, to get your questions answered or find out more about what it is. You're not committing to anything by showing up. You're just saying, I'd like to learn some more uh, information, and we'd love to see you there. So that's, again, tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, on Zoom for those interested in finding out more about being a host or being a small group leader. Also, on July 22nd, um, from 12 to 3 p.m., we're having an event hosted by our race and justice team um, regarding the uh, gun violence and what it's like to 
be in a community and raise people in this kind of time of increasing violence. Um, and so if you're interested in being a part of that, you can RSVP, um, um, and there's information on our website to do that as well. Uh, it's hosted, the, it's kind of like a watch party. It's being, uh, the material and everything was provided by the Asian American Christian Collaborative. Uh, there'll be scripture and prayer and uh, videos there to watch. Uh, again, hosted by our race and justice team. So if you're interested, you can find out more about that and join that on July 22nd. On July 23rd from 7 to 8.30 p.m., we're going to have sort of a presentation, a webinar uh, that we're offering uh, as we sort of talk about the Alliance's position um, for men and women in ministry and what that looks like. Um, so come to hear about it. It's just it's going to be a good time for all of us to uh, be a part of, whether you are like super have an opinion one way or the other or just have no idea what I'm even talking about right now. It's a good time to just kind of hear about, okay, this is what... Uh, this, these issues are about. It's a time to learn and grow um, as we seek to be unified together in the decisions uh, that we make uh, and to understand better what other people are thinking. And so we just want to encourage you, uh, July 23rd, if you're at all able to do that at 7 p.m., we'd love for you to join that webinar um, so that we can stay more unified together as we move forward um, seeking Jesus together. Um, okay, August 25th, there's going to be a golf outing um, so you can sign up through our connection groups online. Um, uh, I don't know if there's a certain skill level required. You probably don't want me golfing because I don't do that. So, But if you're interested in that, please sign up. I'm sure it'll be a fun time. Uh, we also wanted to let you know uh, we have an update from Cambodia. Uh, so we have some pictures here that are going to be showing. Uh, just as a refresher, in case you're new or don't remember, we've been partnered with uh, our alliance uh, workers in Cambodia for about the last five years. Um, a couple of years ago, they actually came to us with this opportunity to help them build a clinic. Uh, they wanted to see greater realities of God's kingdom come there in uh, the province called Stung Tren. There's basically has no medical um, uh, facilities in that area. There's almost no access to the gospel in that area. And so this was a great opportunity uh, for us to join them in building a clinic to make felt needs present, uh, be able for people there to just have an opportunity to go and get needs addressed, as well as an opportunity then for us to have an, uh, an inroad for the gospel there. And actually, as it's almost done, uh, they should be done in another couple of weeks. Uh, this is awesome. It's great. Uh, the, it, not sure exactly when it will fully open, but already our workers there have said this project has created so many open doors and goodwill with the locals and even the government officials in this area. Many of the locals in particular are like, we were shocked that anybody would be willing to pay to build a clinic out here. Like, we, there wasn't even a road. We had to, like, part of the project that we funded was to build a road to actually make the clinic in this remote area uh, so that this could happen. So, again, our church was largely the only people that raised the funds in order to pay for this clinic. So thank you again for your generosity. Uh, they've also said... Since we've done that, the, the government officials have started to talk to our workers saying, hey, there's some other related work that we could use, you know. And so we'll find out more about that that comes along. But honestly, this is just something that we feel strongly as a church that we want to be connected with and be a part of uh, bringing gospel access and bringing the kingdom of God and, and just felt needs issues uh, over there to Cambodia. So as we have those opportunities, I've already been hearing something about like there are no toilets. So that would be something that'd be good, you know, and all of those things seem beyond their capacity. But I think for us, as we feel led by God to give, uh, are more than able 
to help provide those things. So again, thank you for giving, and thank you for all. A lot of these are government officials, and uh, they're very happy with what's going on there. So it's been been great to partner with what God is doing in that area of the world. At this point, I'm going to ask Daniel and Grace to come up. Um, we uh, we've talked about them a couple of times. Uh, this is our new couple that is uh, coming. You can welcome them. Go ahead. It's So Daniel and Grace, uh, we've hired them. Um, the easiest way, I think, for all of us to understand is sort of like they're like uh, residencies right now. They're actually seeking to go overseas uh, to serve the Lord in that capacity. But before they do that, a part of the way our, our denomination works is we're saying, okay, before you actually go overseas, we want you to have some practice before you do that so that when you get there, you're better equipped. Um, so we're going to get some work out of them, obviously, um, but... The goal here is not just that we get work out of them. It's also that we're helping mentor them and prepare them to go overseas, which obviously in an area like where we live that's so diverse, it's actually a great place for people like them to come and to work and to serve and to learn what's it like to do cross-cultural ministry. And so we're excited for that. They're primarily going to be um, serving and working on Sundays here, uh, but then their primary role is going to be kind of trying to figure out and do ministry in Bailey's Crossroads, which is a very largely... Um, heavy immigrant population um, in our area here. And so that's what they're going to be doing. Um, they just graduated from Tacoa Falls College, um, and they're ready to go. Uh, and so they're here. We want to encourage you to get to know them, to greet them. This first couple weeks in July, they're just kind of here getting to know people. Uh, and so they would love for you to do that. They've largely lived their lives in like rural environments. So go out of your way. Make them feel welcome. This is not very rural. Um, so anyway, that's what it is. I'm going to ask each of you to answer. Just share with us one of your hobbies so we could get to know you a little bit better. Um, I recently got into gardening. Um, not very good yet. The plants are dying, but I'm really trying. So that's good. Um, I really enjoy uh, playing chess in my free time. So if you like chess, I would love to have coffee play chess and get to know you. Uh, We're so excited to be here. Uh, This is something that we've been thinking about for a long time, even though like we we knew a few months ago that that this is where we were coming, um, but we've known we needed to do something like this for years. And so to be here in reality and be able to call this place home for the next several years and to be part of this community is super exciting to us. So thank you so much for having us. All right. uh, Um, before they go, we, this is a time where we take up uh, or we pray for our offering. We don't take up a physical offering. But as part of that prayer, I'm just going to pray over them as they start this time. So would you pray with me? Uh, Jesus, we just thank you uh, for Grace and Daniel. We ask that your spirit would be upon them. We ask that you would bless them. We ask that you would bless uh, their transition to this area. We ask that you would help us all uh, benefit one another. We ask that you would just help them to feel welcome here We also ask that you would give them wisdom and discernment supernaturally as they begin to look for inroads into their community and to serve you in the ways that you've called them. And so we just ask for their blessing as they start this adventure uh, with us in this area. God, we just continue to thank you for who you are and all the ways that you've provided for us as we give to you of of our money and our tithes and offerings. We just do so cheerfully acknowledging how awesome you are and how good you are to us. We ask that you would use all that we have uh, to expand your kingdom and to help people discover how beautiful and how wonderful you are. 
Uh, Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We ask as we continue our service, would you anoint Pastor Steve as he preaches? Would you help us to have ears to hear what you have to say to us? Uh, would you help us not to harden our hearts in any way to the promptings of your spirit? And uh, help us just to feel your presence as we continue to worship with you. In your name we pray. Amen. It's uh, good to see all of you here today. Uh, I know summer could be an uh, interesting time because we have a lot of people com- coming in and out, some newcomers, people on vacation, but um, just for me anyways, always good being here worshiping with you. Um, today we're going to start a sermon series on the book of Psalms. Uh, now, book of Psalms, just a few comments before we get started. Book of Psalms are not randomly um, organized. Actually, there are five books in the book of Psalms. And each book is a collection, of, a collection that highlights certain themes. And so we're going to focus on the last book, and we're going to consider the theme, giving thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances. So today, we're going to look at, look at Psalm 133. So you can go ahead and turn to that. It's a very short psalm, only has three verses. Um, but I just want to let you know from the beginning, we are in the process of thinking through and, and talking about our denomination's decision on women's role in ministry and church polity. And so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to look at this psalm, but I'm going to, uh, for the most part, apply it to our current situation. Hopefully it will speak to us in that way as well as to our personal life. Right? Psalm 133. Let me go ahead and read that for us. Psalm 133. A song of ascents of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like a precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Amen. Um, the main point is really simple, right? Verse 1, how David says, how good and pleasant it is when brothers, the brothers and sisters, the family of God, dwell in unity. How good and pleasant it is when we are living in unity. And most of us can quickly say amen to this, right? Amen. We've experienced in our life unity, whether that's in your workplace, your family life, your marriage, your kids, friendships. When there's unity, it just, it just makes everything better. But at the same time, we also know that unity is hard to uh, bring about. It's, it's rare for us to experience unity in a, in a full and a deep and complete way. Our relationships are often filled with tensions, disappointments, resentments, jealousy, and even pain they often feel incomplete, don't they? So today we're going to look at this psalm and ask two questions. One, why should we pursue unity? If unity is this elusive, why pursue it? Number two, how do we attain unity? Right? So number one, why we should pursue unity? And number two, how do we attain it? Let me read verses one and two one more time. 
Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. So here, uh, the psalmist David is comparing unity with oil that's running down on someone, someone's head, and it's coming down on someone's beard, and it's, it's flowing down through this person's robe. Man named Aaron, we'll talk about that. But this is not in Scripture, it's not exegetical, but um, when I read this psalm, um, Tracy Commons came to my mind. Uh, for those of you who uh, were here with us, when he was here, he was here, what, four years uh, with us, he left about two years ago. Um, just the beard part. For some reason, he's, he just came to my mind. So I want to show a picture of Tracy. That's pretty impressive, okay? So as we think about, it's not from Scripture, not, it's not exegetical any insight or anything. It's just, I don't know, he came to my mind. So we, we bless him today, and um, maybe we can kind of think about his beard as we think about this psalm. All right, so here it is. David is comparing unity of God, unity of God's people, to an oil that's being poured on the head of Aaron that's flowing down to his beard, and it's flowing down to his robe. What's David talking, David talking about? The picture comes from Exodus chapter 30, where God anoints Aaron, who is the first high priest. So let me read Exodus 30, verse 22 for us. Says the Lord said to Moses, Take the finest spices of liquid myrrh, myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet smelling cinnamon, half as much, that is 250, and 250 of aromatic cane, and 500 of cassia, according to the, the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make of these a sacred anointing oil blended as by the perfumer. It shall be a holy anointing oil. You shall anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may serve me as priests. And you shall say to the people of Israel, this shall be my holy anointing oil throughout your generations. And so why should we pursue unity? Two things from this comparison. One, God's people's unity is like a beautiful aroma. So when we think about, when I used to think about God anointing His priests or His servants, I, I used to think that it was just maybe a drop or two. But the picture that we have here in book of, uh, Psalm 133 is actually the oil is being poured out to Aaron, to Aaron's head, and it's dripping forth through his beard, and it's touching, flowing down to his robe. Is pouring out, and what we read in Exodus is that this, this anointing oil, is, it's um, sweet in its scent, right? It's, it's made out of finest spices, meaning it's, it's, it's beautiful. The aroma is sweet. And so the comparison I think that David is making is when God's people are unified, it's like a beautiful aroma, when beautiful aroma hits our sense of smell, it causes us to investigate, doesn't it? We kind of think about, where is this coming from? We wander, we linger, we ask questions, like, where, where is this coming from? And I think that's what unity of God's people does. Unity of God's people doesn't 
explain all the nuances of gospel message, but it does cause people to wonder. People say, how can these people give so much of their money to God's church? It makes people wonder and think about like, why they would sacrifice so much time serving and loving one another. That's what unity of God's people does. It causes people to wonder about God's goodness. It, it, it makes people question. And that's why in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, we, the God, we, God's people, are like the aroma of Christ. So why is unity so important? Because it draws people to Christ through us. The second, second thing that we see here is unity is needed for effective service for God. Right? Aaron is not just any person. Right? He, is, he was the first high priest who was set apart for God's service. The oil here is not just any kind of oil. It's a holy oil. It was, it was a way for God to set people apart, the priest, the high priest apart, so that they can be effective in their service to Him. That's what unity does. Unity of God's people is needed because without it, we become ineffective for God's ministry. It, it prepares us to serve God effectively. In the New Testament, when the Apostle Paul wrote letters to churches, almost always, he would address the issue of disunity. Book of Philippians, um, he even names two women and says, basically says, they need to get along. Uh, he talks about in book of Galatians, the division was about Old Testament laws and how some people were keeping it and other people weren't. Book of Corinth was divided because spiritual pride. It, the list can go on and on and on. Almost all the letters that Paul wrote to churches, he talks about disunity or unity. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, Paul just simply says this. He says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel. For Paul, unity was essential because it was needed for gospel advancement. That's why he passionately talked about and rebuked churches when there was disunity, whether that's because of spiritual pride or whether that was because they were keeping Old Testament laws like circumcision. He, was, he passionately addressed these things because as a missionary, his goal in mind, uh, his goal in life was about bringing the gospel to places where they, did not, they didn't have the gospel. And so he said, you need to make sure that you're united because your life is a testimony of who God is. So friends, unity is crucial because it prepares us. It's part of our testimony of God's goodness and gospel. Can you imagine, right? It's kind of like in a family when the parents, mom and dad, are always fighting, always arguing about things, and they tell their kids, you need to get along, right? You need to, you need to be, kind one and, be kind to one another. I mean, that doesn't work. It, it, it doesn't work. It discredits their message. 
So Paul says, church, you need to be unified. You need to make sure that you are one because this is essentially about the witness of the gospel. And then verse 3, he, he goes on and gives us another comparison. He says, it is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Here, I think the, the simple, uh, what Paul, David is getting at here is, uh, Mount Hermon was the highest point in Israel, and it was always um, lush with plants and trees, because um, rain and snow and dew hit this mountain peak throughout the year. But rest of the rest of the, the Israel lived they lived in a desert like climate. And so they would look up and they would see the mountaintop, lush greenery. And so what David here is saying, unity of God's people uh, brings about refreshment, brings about life to people. And we live in a society where uh, there are uh, divisions and disunity and, I don't know, fragmentation all around us in so many ways. Uh, and, it, and it could be dis- dis- discouraging, and, and at times it could be overwhelming, um, just the arguments that we hear in our society. David says when God's people are united and able to love one another and love the people around them, it brings life. It causes people to flourish. It causes that city or that area, the town, to flourish because God's people are unified. It could feel like a cool, light rain in a hot, desert place. It gives life to people. So unity is important for these reasons, right? It's gospel testimony. It brings forth life uh, to people, and it it produces a beautiful aroma to those around us. It's crucial. It's essential. Now, the second question that we want to talk about, and maybe the more important question, is how do we attain this? Uh, because our life experience, uh, experiences tell us that this is hard. So how do, we, how do we attain unity? I want to share three things from this song. Number one, we attain unity when we are shaped by, uh, by Christ-centered worship. Like together, like we attain unity when we are shaped by Christ, like worshiping Christ. Uh, Psalm 133 is part of a collection uh, of psalms that's called Psalms of Ascents. Uh, it's called Psalms of Ascents because there were some psalms, uh, Psalms 120 through 134, where people sang these psalms as they went up to Jerusalem to worship God. That happened three times a year. It was a national festival that they would, they would, no matter where they were, God called them in the book of Deuteronomy and Exodus that you need to come up to Jerusalem to worship Him. And so during these feasts or festivals, they would sing these psalms. They would sing about unity. They would sing about Psalm 121 is one of the famous ones. Right? They, they look up to the mountains and they say, Who, where does our help come from? Well, our help comes from the creator of the earth and the heavens. And that was one of the psalms that they sang as they went up to Jerusalem. And here's the thing. These festivals that were grounded in these feasts, they always were anchored to what God had done for them and God's people in the book of Exodus. So you have the feast of the Passover, the feast of uh, the unleavened bread. It reminded them that God had delivered them through the blood of a lamb that was shed, that was 
placed on the doorpost, it reminded them of God's mighty act of deliverance. So three times a year, they would go up to Jerusalem thinking about God's past faithfulness, God's mighty acts of power. And you can imagine people from all different tribes and towns going up to Jerusalem singing these psalms. It united them because it united them, united them under a common experience. Do you know how we get unified? Do you know where unity comes? It doesn't come just, just trying to get along. It comes when we, all of us, are shaped by the cross. When all of us are mesmerized and, and we just are overwhelmed with God's grace for us. That's when church of Jesus Christ gets unified because we are sharing the same story of God's grace. So three times a year, people of God were called to go up to Jerusalem and sing these psalms. And as they sang, they remembered God's faithfulness. That's what happens every Sunday. And I know I'm the pastor, and so I should be saying these things, but that's why I think coming to church on Sundays are important because it reminds us of the gospel, reminds us of Jesus, what He accomplished for us, and who we are in Him, not just individually, but collectively, that we are God's people. We are sons and daughters of God. We've been purchased by the blood, by the blood of the Lamb. We are reminded about how God had rescued us from our Egypt. And we sing about it. We talk about it. We worship. We, we uh, come to the table, take communion. It shapes us. That's how we get united in, like, in who we are. That's what regular worship, whether it's your family worship or church worship, is important because we say we're worshiping the same God. We believe in the same gospel message. That's how we get unified. And that's what we, are, we do here every Sunday. And if for those of us who've been here with us, this is how our yearly church rhythm is structured. We celebrate three seasons, like explicitly. One, we celebrate the season of Advent. During that time, we think about Jesus' first coming, and we talk about Jesus' second coming. We, see, we celebrate season of Lent. During those times, we think about Jesus' sacrifice and His death on the cross. Then we celebrate season of Easter. We think about Jesus' life, His bodily resurrection and what that means for us. Our whole church calendar is centered around the gospel and who Jesus Christ is and what He accomplished. That's why I think coming to church is important. Amen? And I'm preaching to the choir, all right? Because you guys are here. But it is, it is, it is. That's what God's people do. It didn't, it didn't, we, didn't just, we didn't create this, but it's part of like what, how God structured things. So that's number one. Number two, we attain unity by having family conversations. These feasts, the psalm that they sang, it wasn't done in isolation or individually. It was a communal thing. They did it with their family members. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 10. This is one of instructions that Moses gave to God's people during one of the feasts. He says, Then you shall keep the feast of weeks to the Lord your God with a tribute of a free will offering from your hand, which you shall give as, as, as the Lord your God blesses you. And you shall rejoice before the Lord your God. 
you and your son and your daughter, your male servant and your female servant, the Levite who is within your towns, the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow who are among you at the place that the Lord your God will choose to make his name dwell there. You shall remember that you are a slave in Egypt and you shall be careful to observe these statutes. So you can easily picture moms and dads right, gathering their kids, sons and daughters, they invite the, the servants, um, sojourners, widows. They gather people together to talk about God's mighty deliverance for them. It was a communal thing. How does unity happen? It happens as we worship God, right? But it also happens as we have horizontal family conversations. Depending on how you grew up in your family, some of us are good at that, right? You like to have deep conversations. Other of us, other, others of us are not so good at it. We want to kind of avoid things. We just kind of want to pretend that things are okay. You know, rarely talk about things that are hard or difficult. I, I want to say, if we're going to have unity, we need to have family conversations. That's, that's one of our goals for our small groups, Right? When we gather in small groups, we hear about hear a sermon on Sundays or we or we read a book or we or or hear something, but rather than just keeping it to yourself or easily forgetting them, we talk about these things in our small groups and we talk about this is how it's impacting my life or this is how what I think about this passage. And we open up and we we share with one another. We we try to be vulnerable, right? We, that's, that's what that needs to happen if we're gonna be connected, united. And so, GCCC, the month of July, we're going to have some family conversations. As you know, uh, our denomination made some decisions. Um, three, I think, main, main things. One, uh, the denomination retained the male sort of eldership, talking about polity and women's role. Number two, the denomination has decided to consecrate and ordain both male and female workers. Number three, our denomination has started uh, stated that title pastor can be used for men and women by a local church as we discern God's, or as we understand God's, God's word. So these are big, big things that the denomination has decided. We're going to have conversations. That's why we are offering this webinar, and hopefully we'll maybe have more. But we want to talk about these things. Yes? <laughs> so I want to invite you to these things. Again, th this is how... Unity is built, whether that's in a church family or your own family. We talk about things that are maybe not pleasant, maybe difficult, but we need to do them if we're going to be unified. That's what God instructed his people to do. Gather your sons and daughters and servants and Levites and widows and talk about my faithfulness to you. Talk about these truths. And so that's what we're going to do this, this month. Lastly, we attain unity as God's blessings flow down to us. Um, <clears throat> the psalm is really short in three verses, but it, within these three verses, there's, there's a word that's repeated multiple times. So I'm going to read it one more, one more time, kind of highlighting the word that's repeated. It's a word, um, in Hebrew, the word fall, or descend. Uh, and it's translated differently, but it's the same word here. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. 
is like the dew of Hermon running down, which falls on the Mount of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing life forevermore. So the, so the feel of the psalm is that God is blessing his people. And so I think here's what it means then, you know, for unity. It takes so much more than just our efforts or desires. It takes more than, I know in our workplaces and, and even in our church community, like we, we do personality tests. Uh, we talk about our backgrounds or different skill sets, and we try to unify ourselves. And, and these things are helpful, but unity, like biblical, spiritual, like unity happens when God blesses a community, meaning like it's, it's a heart issue, heart matter, where this often, there's disunity because of sin. If you look at Scripture, like the, the, the story of the Bible, um, like this unity happens all the time. It happened uh, first in Genesis chapter 3 when sin enters. Adam and Eve, um, they start blaming one another. Uh, they are ashamed. They try to cover up themselves from one another. And then they have, they have sons, uh, Cain and Abel. There's disunity there, a brother, a brother murdering a brother. It goes on and on and on. And then God says, I'm going to start over with Abraham. God says, I'm going to bless you and your family, make your family great. Well, there's pain and brokenness in Abraham's family. This past fall, we went through the story of Jacob, remember? Abraham had Isaac, right? Isaac had two sons, Esau and Jacob. There's division, deceitfulness. They deceive one another again and again. And then, and then Jacob has 12 sons, right? Uh, the, the brothers sell one of their own brothers, Joseph, into slavery in Egypt. And there's division. It happens again and again and again until the nation becomes two nations, right? Northern kingdom, Israel, and southern kingdom, Judah. It's just shattered. The God's people are shattered. There's disunity all over the place. And so how do we experience unity in the midst of all the brokenness and sin that, that's around us and in us? We need God's grace. We need God's spirit. We need God's presence. Can you imagine in the midst of all the brokenness and disunity that the nation had experienced that they were called to sing this psalm? Like, it's just there. They're going up to the, the, the yearly festival three times a year, and they're singing this psalm knowing that there is disunity all over the place. How, how did they do that? I think this psalm probably became a prayer, a longing, right? It's kind of like when we sing songs, we know that as we sing, like, we're not there yet, but we want to be there. There's longing and prayer, and I think that's what this psalm is about. God's people longing for unity, longing to experience God's blessing for them. And so ultimately, unity, I think it's a spiritual matter because it has to deal with our spiritual issues in our hearts, sin that causes us to be selfish or self-centered or prideful or wanting to hide. God has to deal with those things. And so we say, lastly, we, we experience unity when God's blessings flow to us. And that's why I think even um, having these conversations, I want to make sure that our conversations are covered with prayer. It's not going to be just about, this is what I believe and this is what you believe and let's just try to get along. I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's okay, but we want more than that. We want 
a unified body because of the Spirit of God dwells in me and in you. That we worship and we're grounded in the gospel. That we are saved by grace through Christ. Like it's a deeper unity knowing that we're all beggars. We found hope in Him. In order for these things to happen, we need God's blessing. And so, I want our church community not to just have these conversations say, oh, this is what you believe and this is what I believe. No, I want it to be prayerful. I want the Spirit of God to take hold of us and grip us and unite us so that we can pursue the things that God has for us. Amen? All right. Um, we're going to end and maybe spend a little time in prayer. Um, just one last thing before we pray. Think about who wrote this psalm. It was David. Now, David had some highs and some lows. I could imagine David writing this psalm when he became a king. He became the king of Israel. And there, in 2 Samuel chapter 5, we read about how all of Israel, all the tribes gathered around David. Can you imagine David being the anointed king and just seeing the nation unify under his kingship and God's blessings fall down? And and I could easily imagine him penning these, these words, thinking about God's initial blessing that fell on the tabernacle in the desert. But David also had um, a horrendous, broken life. I mean, there's brokenness left and right in David's life, probably highlighted by his own son, Absalom, wanting to um, destroy him. Um, I think there's hope for all of us. Now, we want to apply this psalm to our church body, but it also applies to you because my guess is many of you, or maybe if if, if not all of us, um, have experienced this kind of relational brokenness. That's hard. It's painful. You want more. There's more. You're longing for more, but you know that something is lacking. There's tension, there's disappointment, there's hurt. Whether that's maybe in your marriage, your family life, your friendship, no, it's, just, it's just not there. We can bring that to the Lord today, and we can ask for God's blessing. We can ask for healing. We can ask for forgiveness. We can ask for mending. We can ask for wholeness. Because God, that's what God does. God heals us, and He strengthens us so that we can love and serve one another. So we're going to uh, pray in those two ways, one for our church and then one sort of uh, for, for, you, for yourself. And uh, at this time, I'm going to invite our uh, worship team up. And how we're going to do um, prayer today is I'm going to lead us into prayer. And I'll, I'll read a prayer. I'll, I'll say a prayer. And I'll um, finish each portion of prayer by saying, Lord, we are yours. And if you can respond back by saying, Lord, make us one. So I'll say, Lord, we are yours. If you could just kind of respond back by saying, Lord, make us one. We'll do that a few times, and then I'm going to give us some time to pray on your own, and then we'll take communion together. So, um, yeah, let's pray. Let's bow and uh, pray together at this time.
God, we thank you for your word, which reveals your heart for us and shows us the way we ought to live with you. And so even as we speak now in response to what we've heard, we're still listening with our hearts open to you. Holy Spirit, search us and know us as we pray. Lord, we are yours. Your word says that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are part of your family. We confess that at times we forget that that's who we are. We've communicated through our words and actions that we have no need of one another. So we repent of our self-sufficiency, pride, and selfishness. And though we call, though you call us to love one another and serve one another, we confess we have not always done so. That's true in our local community here at Tyson's, but also true for your global church. Forgive us of our sins and restore us to yourself and to one another. Lord, we are yours. We thank you for your beautiful gifts that you've given to us, a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. We celebrate each person among us that makes up the body of Christ and for the many ways you've given us to dwell together in unity. Thank you for the relationship that that we form in this community. Thank you for giving us opportunity to extend grace, kindness, and hospitality to one another and to give of our talents and treasures in service of your gospel and your kingdom. Thank you for the diversity of this church family and for the beauty in that. Lord, we are yours. And finally, thank you, Jesus, for your prayer for us that we might be perfectly one, just as you are in the Father and the Father is in you. This was your prayer that you prayed in John 17, that the world might believe that God had sent Jesus to them and loved them just as he loved the Son. We humble and submit ourselves to one another and to you, for we know that our love and unity becomes a sweet aroma to the world around us. Lord, we are yours. I want to give us a moment to pray on your own uh, and just pray for healing and forgiveness, um, reconciliation, just uh, in your relational world. Um, Maybe you could pray for the people whom you have uh, something against uh, and ask God to bless them, bless that person. Um, Some of us might have people in your life that's hurting And maybe for them, it's impossible for them to love and serve others just because they've been hurt by so many people. Maybe we could pray that God would bring healing for them as well. So let's take a moment to pray. uh, Pray for people around us. That God would come and bless them and encourage them, lift them up. do communion, we'll do communion together and um, 
Yeah, well, I'll present the elements to us. Uh, this could be just part of our response to Him. You could come and um, just remember our shared story of, of Jesus' death for us. Um, we'll sing a song as we do this. Uh, we'll have two people up here, two of our leaders. And if you just want to receive prayer this morning, you could please come up and receive prayer. Pray with someone. So for the next uh, few minutes, as we come to the table, and as we sing, it's a time for us to worship Him and, and renew our heart and love for Him and for one another. The night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread and He broke it. And He said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way, He took the cup and He said, this cup, the new covenant, my blood, drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. So let's stand together and respond in song. And whenever you're ready, please come up and, and take communion. You have said 
pray uh, together as we close. I just want to uh, read his psalm, this psalm one more time for us. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It is like a precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robe. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Heavenly Father, we're thankful that uh, we, don't get, we don't journey on our own. Uh, we all go through ups and downs, but we're so thankful when we look around, we have friends and really brothers and sisters who are willing to walk with us. And so we celebrate our church community today. Uh, this is our prayer. We pray that we would m experience more the goodness and the beauty of being united in the gospel, that you would shape us and anchor us as we continue to grow as your people. Even as we go now, we pray that we would become the sweet aroma of Christ to those around us. Allow people to pause and wonder and question something about us because of our disposition to those around us. Fill us and cover us with your spirit. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming today. Just to let you know, uh, you might have noticed, but we're kind of extending our time, worship time, response time after the sermon, but we still finish the same, at the same time. So I just wanted you to know that we've sort of reorganized our order of worship during the summer. All right, have a great week. Uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks.